0: Welcome back to I Was hornswoggled, Waking Up From a Narcissist-Induced Nightmare. I am your host, Hulrena. It is March 8th, 2022, and this is part four in Van Diary format of the events that led up to me going no contact with my mother, who I found out had been narcissistically abusing me my entire life, as well as my sister. And uh, once we figured out what she was doing to us and how she was doing it and that it actually had a name and that was Covert Narcissist, it made so much sense. So we began peeling back the layers of our life. And this is part four. If you want to listen to part one, part two, and part three, they're all in Vandari format. And I do plan on recording um the next episode will be a probably like a wrap up where i'm going to cover i've already started the show notes for it where i'm going to cover more in depth on the smear campaigns that go along because it was the smear campaign that inevitably became known to me and that led me to go you know what i'm out (laughs) i'm done i know you're my mom i love you as my mom But I also know that it is not healthy to keep myself and my family in a toxic, abusive relationship with my mom. And I know that she would have just carried on the abuse that she did to my sister and I, the low-key covert death by a thousand cuts that covert narcissists do, and I did not want her to do that to my children and the fact that she repeatedly tried to break up my marriage with the lies which which I'm also going to cover in the next episode. Hopefully I can do that today. So I'm also a mom and I have a lot of stuff that we do um during homeschool and stuff. So and I do my van diaries because I'm in class. Well, I'm in the van while my kids are in class because we do a hybrid system. So we have extra extracurricular classes outside of the home and then we also do our core classes online. So that is why I have Van Diary episodes and I hope you guys understand that I am a talky person and I apologize if I repeat myself. Or if I ramble long, I'm flying without show notes. Show notes help me so much because I make bulleted points and I make sure I get them and I get it done and over with. So you will notice quite a difference in the shows in that regard. But these type of episodes are meant to be more of a conversation based and I'm... T- I'm going by memory. And I feel like a lot of the times I repeat myself because it's hard for me to know what episodes people have listened to. So I feel like I have to repeat myself, but I know it can be redundant and annoying because I'm a podcast listener too and I don't want to be annoying. But I also just sometimes need to reiterate things so that people who may have not gone back can understand where we're at and where we're launching from. So that's where we're launching from. I'm going to try to wrap up a series of events in the next 15-ish minutes and um, touch base on what the culmination was as my experience was at church. And it was my very first like church experience as adult and as an adult and also sharing a part of my life with my mom like that as an adult because I had never done that. I realized as a kid I got out of the house as soon as I possibly could the minute I got a car I was gone I was working two jobs I was going to cosmetology school I was always gone even when I was in high school I was dual enrolling in college like any reason to stay out of the house I I guess I just knew instinctively that was the best mode of operations for me. And I think that's also what my dad did. And then it was my sister who chose not to for whatever reason. She had a car, she could have gotten a job, but my mom and dad made it so comfy for her that she didn't have to get a job because they gave her an allowance and she didn't have to pay for a cell phone because they paid for it and, you know, she didn't have to pay all these things where I was held accountable and made to pay all these things. So. We'll touch base on siblings and the dynamics on that later because I'm still navigating that myself with my sibling. So that's where we're at. So right now I'm going to try to remember what we were talking about. We were going to church and my mom was, I caught her in the act of um, smear campaigning behind the scenes like laying the brickwork and that's what smear campaigns do. They will take the opportunity to slowly turn the tide of whatever group that you are sharing or or creating a flying monkey brigade. That is what I feel she was doing when I caught her in my Sabbath school class and or Sunday school class, whatever you want to call it. It was the ladies class and she had thought that i wasn't coming that day because we were running late so she took it upon herself to use that moment in time and that captive audience to belittle my son to start to make him out to be this rowdy kid and he's he was 6 at the time 5 6 what do you expect a five or six year old to be? My kids, I feel, have always been very polite and they've always been complimented on how polite they are because I really work on accountability but also allow them to be kids you know, and I don't want to yell at them. I grew up in a house where my mom yelled at us all the time. So I try my best not to yell at them. I just look them in the eye and I correct them and go, that's not okay. This is why it's not okay. These are the messages your actions are sending. Is that a message that you want to send? Okay, it's not, then let's not do that. Because little kids are just having to be training on the job for the adult world. So I don't know why we spend so much time yelling and screaming at them, but treat them like you're, they learning a new job and you wouldn't sit there and scream and yell at your new trainee. These guys are learning the ropes of being adults. So that's how I approach it as parenting is I don't automatically think my kids are going out of their way to be jerks. I feel like they're just making honest mistakes because they're kids and it's my job as their parent to say, yeah, no, that's not cool. Let's try a different approach. So that's what I do. So what we're going to catch up on is the fact that um, I'm going to also take a side note and let you know that outside of the church, um, an event happened with my mom Though that makes so much sense. But one day, she showed up to my house out of the blue, unannounced. And she looked like a drowned rat. Her hair, normally she would be one to put like hot rollers in her hair and put some mascara on and some powder. And she'd put lipstick on. And she would try in a normal day, in a normal mode, look look presentable, look like very put together. So when she would show up to my house, I started to catch on. She would show up to my house looking like a drowned rat. Her hair would not be done. Her makeup would not be on. She'd be very pale and her eyes would be like a gray color. And I never made the connection until I figured out what narcissists do and what they are and why they are the way they are. So when she showed up to my house this one day, she brought in one of my baby chicks. Now I say baby chicks, but it was old enough to be out on its own. And it was probably like 10 inches tall. It's not, well, hmm. You know, it's like a teenage chick almost. Like, uh, they weren't a chick where they could be easily stepped on, but they weren't as big as the big chicks. They were like middle aged chicks. <laughs> so, I, which I thought was strange why she was bringing a, ch- a chicken into my, one of my chickens into my house, because a week prior we were getting ready to leave to get groceries. And I told my husband and my mom we need to, put our outside dog back in his kennel because we had him out on a, on his leash, his run, so that he could run around and be crazy in the yard. But we had the chickens out, and I said, I don't feel comfortable leaving him out on his chain while we're gone in the fence. You know, I want to put him back in this kennel in the fenced-in area. And both of them said, no, 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 it's only going to be like 15 minutes. Uh, the store's only like 15 minutes away, blah, blah, blah. And we came back, and he had uh, escaped, broke his collar, and killed about a ton of our chickens. And I was so upset because I knew the common sense thing to do was to put him back. My husband and my mom, which normally was my mom, going, No, no, you're just overreacting. It'll be fine. And then my husband agreed with her, which at that time, knowing what I know now, was always her plan, was always to have him side with her. So, and he would do it just to save face to just be like, okay, it's my, my mother-in-law, blah, 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 you know? And he was like, yeah, she's right. You know, we're only going to be gone for a few minutes. So fast forward, we get home and 10 of our chickens were killed. And I was like, this is what upsets me. I feel like my voice doesn't have any value. My mom in my world was even, did Delegating common sense scenarios. I was being talked out of a common sense scenario. Like I was coming up with the common sense scenarios and she was knocking them down. So now I thought in my head, she's not out anything. Me and my kids and my family are out our precious chickens. So I learned right then, I'm not listening to anything this chick has to say because it really angered me inside. So then it really angered me. Then she decides to bring. Uh, the, a chicken into my house where I have three dogs, and I thought, listen, why are you bringing my one of my new chick, my newest teenage chicks, into a house that has dogs? When you just a week ago talked us out of putting our dog up, which it's I, I it's our fault for even listening to her. I'll take ownership of that. I should have just went through and did what I thought I needed to be done, and I should not have listened to them. But I, I. I felt like I was outvoted, and at that time, I didn't feel like I had a full idea of what actually, what I was going up against, you know, I just listened to him, okay, yeah, you're right, we'll only be gone, and, and I learned a very valuable lesson, so, um, so what happens (laughs) now was, as I walked in, er, or I, I, my son wasn't listening, my husband was putting in a new slider door, and I had told my son at the time, and he was five at the time, I said, Hey, stay away from your dad. He is going to be, you know, having that door open and he's hammering and he's cutting boards and stuff and you don't need to be um, around daddy right now, you know, and he wasn't listening. So I said, okay, if you're not listening, you gotta go play in your bedroom. So I went to go grab him and have walk him to his room. And then my mom during that time showed up to my house and the door was unlocked, so she walks in with this chicken. So then while I'm away down the hall putting my son in his room to play, to get out of my husband's hair as he's putting in this um, slider door, he, or I hear this ruckus going on in my dining room, and I was like, what is going on? And I go down the hallway, and I look to the door, and I normally have my door on uh, my door lo- my door is locked at all times but since my husband was home and he was going in and out getting tools and stuff cuz he was putting in a slider door in the back of the house I saw my mom standing there with my chocolate lab up on her with the foot of my chicken in her mouth pulling because hello my dog is a bird dog labs are bird dogs or retrievers that's what they are labrador <laughs> retrievers she gets excited uh birds of any sort so she was up on my mom caught through my mom off guard well why are you bringing a chicken into my house in the first place that's the first question second why are you bringing a chicken to my house with a labrador retriever in the house so i yell out of reaction no stop and i lunge toward to get my dog's mouth off the foot of my chicken and then i grab my dog by the collar and i take her down the hallway and i put her in my room so i think the event is over with i feel like i have you know avoided a big catastrophe. And that's not the case. I go out into the dining room and my mom is nowhere to be seen. I thought, well, that's strange. (laughs) She was just standing here being mauled by my dog with this chicken under her arm. Where did she go? Well, I look out on my front porch and there is a troll looking woman cowered down in like this fetal standing, like squatting fetal position with the chicken still cupped in her chest. And she looks at me with like lasers and goes, ah, you better never yell at me like that ever again. And she starts raging at me. And I was just so caught off guard because I was like, whoa, where is this coming from? What is going on right now? (laughs) She proceeds to, to belittle me, call me names, yell at me, and tell me how I had no reason to yell at her and I am so awful and so disrespectful and she's just lashing out at me in some crazed attack. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I yelled at my dog to let go of the chicken that you brought into my house she wouldn't hear that she was dead set on making me the villain of this scenario so I went from having a peaceful day with my family to my mom showing up to my house with the chicken getting a mauled by my dog I separate it and then I get yelled at and verbally abused, verbally assaulted by the woman who started all of this chaos and then I just said, I don't know what you're talking about. You came in here with a chicken after a week ago. You know what just happened to these poor chickens. They were chased by dogs because you and my husband agreed that it was a better idea to not, to not lock our outside dog back up in the fenced in area you said oh it'll be fine and i believed you and now you show up to my house with a chicken in your arms and now i'm just supposed to bow down to you because i'm the bad person no what you did was wrong this is my house this is my chicken and this is wrong and that was probably the first time that i really just said nope and this is the first time my husband has had ever witnessed my mom lashing out at me because her and my dad, whenever they would come over, they were strategic in their visits and their in their feeding sessions. They would purposely come over when he was at work, but this was the first time my husband got to get a glimpse of how lunatic she could turn into on a dime. He gets up, walk, he hears the yelling going on, walks into the dining room, and my mom immediately looks to him like, do you see what's going on? And I explained to him, and he was like, no. No, she was just telling the dog to get off the chicken. So my husband heard the whole thing, tried to even, you know, say, nope, you're wrong. She was not yelling at you. Why would she yell at you? She was yelling at the dog to get the dog off the chicken, to get the dog in down the hallway and then went back and you were already ticked off at her. So then my mom storms away from my house And I don't hear from her for, like, a couple weeks. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to let you and your bad behavior keep me from going to church. So then I kept going to church. And guess what? She kept going to church. And she would just give me dirty looks. We'd sit on opposite sides. And then that is the... Now I'm bringing you up to speed because I had forgot to tell you what had happened outside of that. So once... So once every, all this had happened and we're going to church together, not talking, not interacting, then it was so strange because then I, I, that's the morning that I walked in and I caught her bad mouthing my son and my family. To the ladies in the Sabbath school, Sunday school class, because one, she didn't know if I was coming because we weren't on talking terms. So she wouldn't even know if I wasn't going to be there. She just assumed that normally I was there before her, I imagine. And then she figured the coast was clear for her to just do a whole slam session, a whole smear campaign. And that's what she did. So I, excuse me. So, so fast forward, vacation Bible school comes and, um, we still are not on best terms. I was just this person that was, um, volunteered to lead the little kids from place to place. And she was the one who wanted to go in and work in the kitchen. We're not on talking terms. We have not apologized or talked any of this out. Because if you've been around a narcissist long enough, you know that they do do not apologize for anything. They are not the one who's wrong. You're the one who's wrong. They will not make the first attempt unless they are afraid that their trough will be taken away and it's part of a hoovering, love-bombing scenario where they will get, give up a little bit of land to con- conquer the the entire continent. So they'll take a few steps back, but you'll, they'll make up for it once they get you back in in their you know, good graces. And then they'll double down on being a jerk to you. So at this point, my mom started doing this weird thing where she started texting my husband, knowing that her and I were not on talking terms while he was at work. She started texting him, trying to work on him, trying to get guilt trip him, telling him that she's been very depressed and that she, she has, um, she feels like the devil is telling her to take her life. And she's this big dramatic text messages about how she doesn't want to live anymore. And she did this whole uh, suicidal type of a conversation with my husband, which got him very concerned. But we both know, like, and he had said, well, you need to tell this to your therapist because we had, after my dad passed, suggested that she did, did go to a therapist because she was struggling with what we thought was the grief of my dad passing so she was going to a counselor so we had said you know my husband tried to talk her and make sure she was okay and checking on her and stuff like that and then we thought the only way to really talk to her to get through and at this point we were not talking to my sister So, we got a hold of her best buddy that she had been friends with on and off through um, kindergarten back in the day. It was this one um, really excellent uh, flying monkey that she's kept with her, her entire adventure of being a narcissist. So... We got a hold of her friend and said, hey, you know, the same one who threw the big ordeal about me showing up and my mom showing up at church, that friend, we knew that she could maybe go in low key and feel it out. So we we confided, worried about my mom and her mental state, got a hold of her friend and said, hey, you might want to just check in on our mom more. We're not really on talking terms. I didn't go into it because I didn't want to gossip. I didn't want to, you know, murky the waters and try to pit my mom's friend against my mom and tell her all the crazy stuff that we've been uncovering about her. Well... So what happens is, and I found this out from my sister who happened to be helping that day, which was strange because my sister has always been anti-church because my mom used to use church as a weapon against my sister and she didn't ever really push it with me. I just was always led by my own inner compass where she used to use church as a weapon against my sister. So my sister has always had a sour taste with anything to do with church and had, you know, and that's, that's okay. That's fine. Everybody's on their own walk. So what happens is now in hindsight, I got the scoop. That day, my mom's friend actually came to the, to the vacation Bible school to check on my mom. And expressed her concern. And my mother flipped the script and said, I'm just so concerned about my daughter. Me, she was referencing. She has been talking about not wanting to live. It. She was taking her text. She texted my husband and was telling her friend that it was me who was doing all this. It was me who was thinking this. It was me who was saying all this stuff. And she just blew it off and, and pretty much made me look like, and I wasn't even involved in it. I wasn't the one she texted. So this was part of this weird smear campaign where she was going behind my, my, my back, messaging my husband, getting the sob story, telling him all this stuff. We contact her friend. Then when her friend comes to check on her, she decides to toss me under and go, oh, it's her my daughter, she's doing this. She's saying this. And, it, and I was just blown away at the amount of lies that my mom was capable of just fabricating on the fly. And if you've ever had to be around a narcissist, you know exactly how it feels. You are just caught in awe. Like, wow. Just when you don't even real think that they could go any deeper and darker, they do. They will do whatever it takes to survive that moment in time, because they have such a fragile identity that they will do anything to, to survive. So after, so we didn't know this though, until my sister and I started talking. So at that point, I thought that her friend came and talked to her. I thought that her friend expressed her concern and that they worked through it because I never heard anything otherwise. Her friend never contacted me again to say, hey, I checked in on your mom. Nothing. And now I know why. Because my mom turned the tables and said it was me. So, but I didn't find that out until my sister and I found out about my mom being a narcissist. So fast forward a couple days. My friend, my good friend um, in the church at that time, we'll call her Ann. I'm not using a real name. She said, "Hey, I noticed your mom and are still not talking. Is is there any way? Is can I help? Is there any way that we can maybe go talk to her?" And I said, "I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not averse to talking to her about it because at this time I didn't even know my mom was a narcissist. I just knew darn well she was in this. I'm the victim, or that she was thinking that I'm the bad person, the villain. She's the victim." I'm the bad person even though she's the one who did repeatedly bizarre things at my house and yelled at me and screamed at me and belittled me, got my chickens killed. You know, this, all this whole thing, this chaos was all because it was her generated. So I said, we can, I will go and try to talk this out with her, but I know it's not going to end well. And she said, really, you don't think it'll end well if we just go over there? I'm thinking, girl, you have no idea who my mom is. My mom has had everybody so bamboozled at this church that she was some prim and proper soft-smoking, soft-smoking, soft-smoking Betty Crocker, and no, nope, she is an evil villain who changes personalities on a dime and will just rage yell at you. This is who she's always been. But she puts a good front out in the public. A real good front. So <laughs> that's the that's the disgusting part of a narcissist. I tell you what. So we make the, 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 the we make the trip over to my mom's. We pull up and it was on. The minute we opened the door my mom was in fight mode, she hadn't got to feed adequately. She wanted to go down, she wanted to fight. So, I walk into the door, and my friend goes, Hi, we were just wanted to stop by and see if we could iron out, you know, whatever's going on with you guys. And she's so soft spoken, I'm thinking, Girl, you have no idea about what you're about to see. Then all of a sudden, my mom gets this like cockiness about her where she's like, oh, all right. You know, cause it was like, we're on her home court. You know, we came to her house and she's going to put on her fighting gloves and we came with a mode, a mode of, of like peace and let's reunite and let's just move forward. She came into, let's go, let's rumble. Cause she had done this, you know, my whole life. That's what she created me for, was to rumble with. But the more and more and more I had God in my life, I had been baptized, um, I wasn't her rumbler anymore. I wasn't going to yell at her. I wasn't going to rage at her. I wasn't going to mirror her behavior of me. I honestly didn't, I still don't feel, I don't feel any of it anymore. I don't, I don't hate her. I don't loathe her. I don't wish ill upon her. Nothing. Nothing. So, we tried to talk it out with her, and she went through her three personalities. If yelling at me didn't enrage me, because I could tell she was trying to bait me. And that is another thing that narcissists do. They know your trigger points. They know your trigger points, because most likely they put them there, right? They know if um, they've done their research. They know if they make a comment about your appearance. They've tried it already to test the grounds to see where where you're triggered. So she tried everything to trigger me. It didn't work. The way I used to be, I would have lit up. We would have fought and whatever, but I didn't and it didn't work. And then she went into victim mode where she would look at my friend, give her these sad puppy eyes and try to act like she was a victim of me and try to say, she this, she that, she that, she won't let her kids come over and stay the night. She was trying to find any dirty laundry that she could say. But all she had was that I wouldn't let my kids stay the night at her house. That's the only thing she had against me. And I said, because I don't have to. I'm a stay at home mom. Why do I don't need to get rid of my kids? I love my kids. I love being around my kids. Why would I go? Here you go. And plus, I don't freaking trust her in my gut. I did not trust my mom. And now I know why. No, I really know why. So she tried that the violent approach the poor me victim approach and then she tried like the cool headed okay let's just talk this out then let's just talk this out da 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 you know and and at the end of the day you know she she said okay yeah i accept your apology and I was like, Well, what about you? You know, like she did not want to give it up. I thought, well, while we're here, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get you to apologize too. Cause now I know I started to feel she was just trying to save face in front of my friend. So then my friend is is blink blink innocently waiting for my mom's apology because you know, as if we're both adults, we should both be able to apologize, you know. And she's like, fine, da 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 So we leave, it was not over with. She proceeded. It was smear campaign 100% kicked in gear from that point on. It became a competition. I became her target. She started saying stuff like we would take turns uh, teaching our Sabbath school, Sunday school class. She would say stuff like, I can't compete with you. I'm going to go to another church. And I was like, I said, I don't, I didn't, wasn't aware we were competing. Well, I just can't keep up with you. You, you know, you're better with way of words than I am. You know more about this than I do. I'm just going to go. So I'm like, wow. You are just leaving because you feel like you can't compete with me, but I'm not competing. And then now I know about narcissists, especially narcissists' parents, is that they will compete with their target. They they want to feel superior. So if you surpass them in what they feel is superior, then they have to leave because they can't quote-unquote compete with you. I'm not a competitive person. I don't pay attention to what other people are doing. To me, I've always agreed with the the cliche, competition is a thief of joy. I don't care what you are doing. I'm minding my own business so it really caught me off guard that my mom's whole motivation was to compete with me in general and i had to say well you know it's not healthy to compete with your loved ones you know that's not a good look on you no it's perfectly normal for mothers to compete with their daughters and i'm like oh well this explains so much i wish you would have told me this years ago because then i would have understood why you were such a jack wagon to me so proceed further now knowing what I know from the intel from my sister, she began doing, um, she, that day that my friend and I came over to apologize. She bragged about it to my sister that day. She told my sister because my sister got home from work or whatever, and she was still living with my mom at that time. And she told my mom, oh yeah. Um, or my mom told my sister, yeah, I, I tried so hard to get to get your sister to flip to flare up in front of her friend and but she just didn't do it but i really was going i was making her i could see she wanted to get mad at me but she wouldn't do it i tried everything i could to get her to fight with me but she wouldn't fight with me and so she was like bragging but also like confessing in a way to my sister about how her plan was to make me go off to make me look like this jerk in front of my friend, but I didn't anymore. I had secretly chosen to just gray rock her and I didn't know that was a thing yet. But inside of me, inside my soul, I knew I'm not participating in this. I'm not. Once I started to slowly peel back my mom just being a jack wagon to me, I'm not a person that puts up with this, and and before I knew what narcissists were, so once I finally learned what it was, I can go back and reevaluate all of these interactions. Every time people would come up to me at church and go, you're a really nice person. I just, I just think I just felt like I needed to tell you that and stuff. It was like she was trying her best to turn the tide against us. But at the end of the day, it it had only, I think, made... I never participated in it. I just walked away from the church. I walked away from everything because I... The minute I learned what narcissists were, I learned that if I tried to defend myself, I would only make the waters muddier. People would only be confused. And that is exactly what happened when even I tried to approach it with my friend Anne. It just made it confusing. So I've talked enough. I will try to do another roundup episode um, today. And it will be more organized. And we're going to cover the terms, the baiting, the smear campaigning, and then some of the awful things that narcissist moms can do to their targets. So I hope this has been helpful. Thank you so much for keeping up with story time in the van. And I hope you have a blessed day. Bye! Oh, and you can find the show on Twitter at... Hornswoggledpod and Podcast.com. And I can't remember my email. I think it was Iwashornswoggled at gmail.com. All right. Bye-bye.